to just read these osmosis updates, but to to begin everything, we have a bunch of uh, well, a progress update on osmosis and the quote unquote proof of useful stake. So there's a ton to go over. They've put out a bunch of status updates over the past week. And this team just knows how to ship code, full stop. The main feature I wanted to highlight, which we, we compiled all of this information in the newsletter that we put out yesterday. And I think that the real key that I'm focused on is the superfluid staking element that they've, it's a huge innovation for, for DeFi. Mm -hmm. And then they have other updates to their stable swap platforms coming soon their margin lending platforms coming soon. And this is all new stuff that doesn't exist on the Cosmos ecosystem yet. So their ability to execute and ship amazing code and an awesome UX, I really am looking forward to all these updates. The superfluid staking, it's pretty technical, but I want to go over just a couple bullet points of what this is and why it's important. So typically in a proof of stake network, when you stake your tokens to a validator, those assets are bonded to the network, which is to say that if you want to unstake, it's going to take typically anywhere between seven and 30 days for that unbonding period to take place. So there's that period of time where you're sitting there unable to use those tokens while it's unbonding, while you're waiting for those to come back into your wallet. That unbonding period, it lets the network have a safety buffer to check for malicious behavior or any bad actions from the part of that validator. So that prevents somebody from staking a bunch of tokens, doing something wrong or uh, unethically aligned with the, the network, and then exiting and taking the yield and running. So that's kind of the safety period that that's why that exists. Now, there's illiquidity of the native tokens when that's happening, right? So you, you'd stake these tokens and now you cannot use those tokens in the economy of the network. And this creates demand for what's called liquid staking derivatives. So there's this whole industry that has taken place where I can say, hey, stake your tokens to me and I'm gonna issue you a derivative of the token. So like Lido has STETH, staked ETH. And so you can now use this like derivative token to go and do new things in this derivative economy, but you can't actually spend that derivative token on gas fees. So the synthetic version of the token versus the native version of the token, there's this trade-off. And what Osmosis has done is baking the uh, staking derivative element into the, the network level itself instead of an application level. It's really, really dope. And they essentially get around this whole dilemma by allowing you to um, use liquidity. So, so you can actually stake the liquidity token instead of <laughs> using your staked derivative and putting it in liquidity. So it's kind of hard to talk about without pictures, but that's my attempt at a simple explanation.
Yeah, I had to reread this a couple times, and the pictures definitely helped. Uh, I think the best way to think about it is the old model was you staked, and then because that was an illiquid asset that you owned, you would get, like you said, that derivative token, and then you could use that as a, as a liquid asset. Now, to your point, there wasn't a lot of uses. One of the uses that comes to mind is that since a derivative of staked assets represents the claim on those staked assets, you could use that derivative token as collateral if you wanted to take out a loan or something. I think a couple protocols have tried that. So the superfluid staking does it in reverse. Instead of staking and then pulling liquidity out, you use your tokens to provide the liquidity in osmosis in these pools, and then osmosis uses the liquidity to stake to the network. And I'm still a little fuzzy on the details. Like this, this is I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but. Um, Essentially, you're you're trying to use the same asset for both securing the network and for liquidity. So yeah. using the same asset so it for doubles, two purposes, right? Right, and so it doubles the security of the network because now you you get to use. I get to have two use cases for the Osmosis token and the different things I can do on Osmosis, and I'm I'm squeezing every last bit of yield out of it, but it doesn't create some random derivative that has nebulous value that I could go and use in these like secondary and third, fourth level derivative markets that are arguably uh, lacking value or, you know, these, they, right. they exist just for the sake of themselves, like these, these crazy derivative markets, I think. So now on osmosis, you secure the network with your LP tokens Mm -hmm. Beyond just usually you have to, I mean, the security comes from staking the native token itself. So now you get, you, you almost get double the security. And as a user, you get to benefit from the yield on both. So like what's cool is though, when, when you do the super fluid staking pool, you, you then get to pick which validator you, you stake that to. So it, it you, you interact with, with both levels of the, of the function and it's it's pretty cool so i'm really excited i think this is a huge innovation and those guys can ship code man so i between that and that chapter that we read on um the the philosophy of the interoperable internet i mean these two mm -hmm. things kind of in tandem make me borderline perma bullish on osmosis yeah. uh borderline borderline so Super excited. Well, so the I, I wanted to say one more thing is I think the reason why I don't want to speak for you, but I mean I think the reason why I think we get so excited for these developments in the Cosmos ecosystem is because the IBC, the Inter Blockchain Communication, I think that's what the C stands for, because that element is on here that ties these disparate blockchains together, and because you can integrate it into your own or new uh, chains to link them to the other IBC chains so easily. Like we really wanna see this get built out because I think you and I both see interoperability as an essential piece of any full functioning crypto ecosystem going forward. And IBC, at least to me so far, seems like the best um, attempt to actually accomplish that. So um, I wanna, yeah, I wanna see more, more capabilities be built out in the Cosmos system. No doubt. Yeah, well, well said. So uh, pivoting over to the Department of Labor. Yeah, you... yeah. 
put this out. Yeah. So I wanted to bring this up because um, Biden released his uh, framework for the framework, I'm calling it, his instructions to federal agencies to analyze crypto and develop some recommendations over the next six months. And that came out on March 9th. The following day, we had some, uh, looks like an announcement from the Department of Labor, specifically relating to 401k plans and whether or not uh, fiduciaries who uh, come up with the investment menu in those 401k plans who develop the list of options that uh, the participants get to pick from, uh, they came out with a pretty clear or a more clear ruling on whether or not you can add crypto-related investments into 401k plans. So their stance is essentially they're open to it, but they are extremely cautious. They said that fiduciaries must uh, exercise extreme care before they consider adding a cryptocurrency option or 401k plans investment menu. So you can do it, but you have to be very careful. And they also said that they plan to conduct a probe into plans that offer cryptocurrency and crypto related investments within these 401k plans. Um, so if you want to do it as a, if you're the one making these 401k plans and you put a crypto related investment in, like say the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, uh, it's almost a guarantee that the Department of Labor is going to come asking you to provide a lot of backing, a lot of research, a lot of rationale for why you chose to do this. And they, they list really their five um, biggest concerns, the five biggest risks that make it unsuitable for 401k plan investments. So essentially, if you want to add it, you have to speak to these five concerns, which are one, extreme price volatility, two, investor and fund manager inexperience compared with traditional options, Three, vulnerability to loss and theft in crypto. Four, unreliable valuation. And five, evolving regulation. So uh, I guess, what do you think about the idea of adding uh, crypto into traditional 401k plans? I like it. <laughs> I, I actually, I'm, I, I find a lot of this, this to be a bit annoying, actually, because... I remember my first job, my first full-time job, I was really displeased with the way the 401k investing was presented to me because I, I had a list of like five to 10 funds that I had to choose from and I had no other options. So I actually am a big proponent of PCRA accounts where people can just choose whatever they want in their plan. And so I think... I believe people should have the right to just choose whatever they want to put in their investment plan. Mm -hmm. And this, I understand, is trying to protect the layperson who doesn't want that amount of choice. And those people are the ones who see a CNN thing on Dogecoin and want to go buy $5,000 or 50 bucks worth or whatever. And then, you know, they, they make these really bad assumptions about <laughs> investing. And so I, I understand that there's this, this urge to protect those types of people, but mm -hmm. I, I'm more of the opinion of I don't need hand-holding. I don't want somebody acting like I'm incapable of making risk assessments. So... I actually, but I, I'm not like most people, I guess. So, yeah. um, 
I think I think for for crypto and investing, like for a four hundred one k plan, I would encourage thinking of it as an asset class. And so, again, I think it comes down to like fee structures if you're doing four hundred one k stuff. Because what mm-hmm. I really didn't like about the the way that my options were presented to me in my first that that like I recalled a moment ago was the fee structures of all the plans that I was forced to choose from. There was no Vanguard fee. There was no like Vanguard ETF with a couple basis points on an index fund. I had to pick from kind of a shitty selection of choices that the, from the fee angle, like the, it was really um, just not ideal. So yeah. I just think that the way the way a lot of these are set up, I'm not a, I'm not really a fan of it. But that's my take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your point, I should also mention, this is, this is what I do for a living. Uh, I manage investment accounts for individuals. And then I also choose investment menus for 401k plans. Um, so I, I will mention that I, the, the underlying assumption or the instructions, the fiduciary responsibility placed on people who pick these plans is really effectively to manage these and pick investments with the least sophisticated investor in mind. Basically build the menu so that even if somebody doesn't know a, like a single thing about investing, they can still manage. So inevitably when you target you know, your efforts towards uh, making a suitable plan for those people, you, yeah, you're right. Someone like you who would <clears throat> prefer a P, uh, PCRA, a personal choice retirement account, choosing their own investments, like 401k plans are not made for you. They're meant to be very simple, approachable, and they're not perfect to some of the points you made, but um, that, that's just, for better or worse, that, that's, a, that's the approach nowadays. So, um, Right. Yeah. Uh, but context, with, with, like, I don't know if it makes sense to have GBTC on the list of 10 funds or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I don't know if that makes any sense. I think you would want, if you're going to have a retirement account, I would imagine you would want like a a mixed bag of a couple tokens or something instead yeah. of just one Bitcoin IRA. Like right. that's uh, but that's how I would encourage people to think about retirement investing, not um, you know a little bit of diversification within the asset class, but they're also correlated anyway. I think that might be the first or best uh, possibility for this is that traditional investment managers. Yeah, take a diversified multi-coin exposure um, investment, and they treat it kind of like commodities. I think that's the best parallel: is you invest in this bag of commodities, you allocate—I don't know—most people do about five to ten percent to commodities if they do it at all, and for diversification purposes. So that would seem to be maybe the most likely avenue into which they might find their way into 401k plans, but. Um, even if I guess I kind of think it's best to leave them out for now, but the problem with my own position there is that 401k plans are extremely powerful because of the matching feature. So sure, you could go out on your own and you could even set up your own IRA with its own tax advantages and invest in, uh, in crypto. Yes. Through, through some of those, like the BTC trust and maybe some through ETFs, but by not being able to participate in your employer plan, it's a lot of free money that people get through the, that matching function that um, that now can only be used for traditional investments. So certainly some drawbacks. Um, 
But uh, I think my main takeaway is this, the approach that the DOL laid out is very much in line with uh, President Biden's, which is, we're not saying no, it's just, you know, the burden's on you to prove it, why this is appropriate, but we're not, we're not saying no. We're not saying no. It's progress. Yeah. It's progress. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. So it's, I, I think, think it's so. cool. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. All right, man. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up this morning because I, I hadn't even seen this. I think it's it's good uh, it's good to talk about it. So, yeah, like up, I man. said, well, like like I said, the next six months are going to be rife with new regulation and new notes from agencies. So, a lot more to come. We'll be here to cover it. You bet. All right, man. We'll be back tomorrow for more Daybreak Crypto. Good to talk to you. You too, bud. See ya. See ya.